Welcome back to House Divided Podcast. My name is William Alvarez. We have... I'm Wyatt Banks. Colby Yutt. And friends of the show... Resident sports expert, Patrick Russell here. And Colby Greco. That's mighty generous of yourself for that title, Patrick, but we'll see how you hold up in the uh, what, what the snake pit. Yeah, the arena. Here at, at House Divided Sports. All right, so our first topic of the day is the um, the Braves, starting with our, our pitching. And what, what do you all think? What's the uh, general consensus of our lineup so far? I think it's a, a good, not great lineup. I think um, there's always some pieces that can get it done. Uh, I, I think that when it comes to people like Freed, he had a great year in 2000 uh, last year, but then his, his strikeout numbers dropped and his walks dropped. Um, Walks went up. That's not good. It's not a good sign. I know he pitched great, uh, but I think he got a little lucky with the home runs. So I don't really expect Free to be as good as he was last year. I don't expect Soroka to be as good as he was either. So I'm really leaning on Morton here uh, to carry the rotation. But I think it's a definitely like a 6 through 10 rotation in MLB. I'm definitely worried about Soroka being as healthy as before. I don't, I don't want him to be timid. I want him to come back strong. So hopefully he's taking his time with that. It sounds like he is, but you never know with these pro athletes. Yeah, I think it's going to be very important on how the people we've been able to pick up will perform because I think with at least with Anderson, Soroka, and Freed, they're very they're circumstantial. They're kind of spotty, I feel like. They're consistently good, but then they can drop a whole game. So I think if we can plug the holes with uh, Morton and Smiley, it will really help us uh, just to function and win games. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Anderson, Stroke, and Freed are young, so you can't, like, bet all your cards on them to be good. Um, I think Anderson is going to be good, but, like, he's not going to have a sub-two-year season like he did last year in six games. I think if there's one thing we they lack, it's consistency. I mean, we don't have a lot of depth either. You're, like, we're really scraping the bottom with our, our money, too. Like, we're, we don't have a lot of cash flow left to sign anymore, so we're... We're going to have to work with what we have so far is what I'm thinking. We did have a, a few good pickups in the offseason to help strengthen our bullpen. It did hurt to lose Mike Melanson. He did well last postseason. I feel like we spent our money well in a place that was looking a little vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to see young kids like Bryce Wilson and how they're going to function. And especially will he stay in the bullpen? Could we possibly move him up to a starter if he's needed for some reason and what's Kyle what will Kyle Wright be doing will he be like a backup starter will we just rotate him in every once in a while it's going to be curious to see how that plays out I think the best thing about the Braves pitching wise is uh, you, you mentioned Alvarez don't have a lot of depth I mean that's somewhat true with the starter level but you've got like Bryce Wilson Tucker Davidson Kyle Wright you got a bunch of prospects there that can young pitchers that can step in to any role um you have a lot of Bullpen depth too, Sean Newcomb, and then you added Minter and Maztec, uh, players that were great last year. Maybe you don't need to sign Melanson or like 35-year-old veterans. The, the problem is Kyle Wright is supposed to be like one of our guys, and he just can't he, – he hasn't been reliable really, to be honest. And especially like we're, we were just talking about that game that's going on today and like not, not pretty. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's spring training, so I don't, you don't give a lot of credit to spring training. I have to watch, like, his actual pitches. But he had that. He kind of figured it out with the fastball in that five-game stretch. And last year, I guess he himself in the playoffs. But um, if, he can just, if he can figure it out, I think he's going to be really good. Well, I, I, I think uh, 
what you said was kind of wrong in that he I, I wouldn't say he's someone who we have to re- rely on or who we were expecting to rely on just because just because he's a he's so young and he's a rookie he's not like the seasoned veteran we should know who should perform but Soroka's really young too I know and I I don't expect him to be an all-star forever it's we he's had 2 years of starting I I you can't tell how they're going to do based off that. And I don't think it's fair to judge Cal Wright just based off of what we've seen so far. Cal. I mean, I, I like Soroka. I think he's a good pitcher. I think Freed's a good pitcher. It's just he's not going to be – they're not going to be signing vote-getters every single year. I think sometimes – like, I think signing Morton is finally really good because Morton was really good two years ago, um, like one of the better pitchers in the league. And if he can just be somewhat like that and Smiley can just be an average four or fifth pitcher, that's fine. I mean, that's all you need. You just need someone to go out there and say, get us – through six innings. Yeah, I, th- I think that's very important because I think we'll settle for average just as long as you're consistently average. We The fluctuations we've had to deal with with Kyle Wright and some occasionally with Soroka and Freed is something that can really harm us because when they're going down, then we, we just can't win the game because without them, our hitting drops and it just doesn't look good. I mean, I know, I know it was 60 games last year, but we showed last year we can win with that. We can win with not reliable pitching. I mean, our only good start out there last year was throwing out Freed, and it was just, we had other guys out there that just couldn't pitch. Every They weren't good, and then we still ended up winning the division. It's going to be a lot harder this year, but still, we sh- could do it. The next step for us is to is consistency, and if we can get consistency, especially in the playoffs, we can win with average pitching is what I'm saying. So if we can get the average pitching, we can win in the playoffs and hopefully make it to the World Series this year. So I think Wise kind of getting at past the past the pitching in the bullpen. Let's move on to the rest of our team. I know we have here talking about Christian Pache, and it says can he hand, handle center field? I think that's a resounding yes. I think he's a great player. He's a future star. What do you guys think about that? I thought against the Dodgers, he really proves himself. Like when I looked at him, he were he just reminded me of a, a young Acuna or younger Acuna, making all these. Um, homer savers and just being all over the place playing center field which is a big role for a young guy to play in the playoffs so I think he should do fine this year yeah fantastic athlete from what I can tell yeah I think Pache coming in even as a rookie he's like a top three defensive player in the league like he's just that good defensively if he could just figure it out hitting wise he'd be like an average hitter like he was in triple a last year or a great hitter like he was in double a then he's a like a four war player and a, a top top center fielder in the league because he just gets average consistently hitting. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I, I'm not very worried about his uh, defensive performances, but I'm worried about him batting. And I'm, I, I, The last thing we need is another hole in the, in the lineup. I think I, – I, Well, I wouldn't okay, – Go ahead. I, I would say our lineup is pretty tight. Like, we have very strong – one of the strongest – batting lineups in the league really yeah i agree with william there because from what i watched on the braves last year i would say the batting was definitely like a like a good spot for us it wasn't one of our weak like our weak spots for sure i mean if you want to talk about batting i think looking at 60 the 60 game season is hard because you're not going to have azuna being that good like and friday's not going to be back like friday's going to be a top five hitter in a week he's not going to be you know insane like 101 OPS, yeah. Um, but, like, you, our lineup is good. I feel like it's not as good as, like, L.A. or New York or both New York teams. Or like, it's, like, it's not, like, top – it's borderline top five, but 
it's still a good lineup that we can rely on to win games. My concern is the drop-off. I think there's a huge drop-off from who we have who's good versus who we're going to put 7-8-9. And I think Christian Pache is on the at the bottom of the cliff. He's he's on the wrong side of the drop off. Yes, I agree. Cause like I was watch watching the playoffs last year, we get to a seven eight nine spot with Riley, Ozzy, Bache. I was just like, this is easy three outs. They, I I couldn't feel like I could rely on them to get the hits or homers we needed, especially in crunch time. I think the good thing about the Braves though is that with that seven eight, like with our bottom three hitters, they still have a ton of upside. Like Riley was our probably our worst hitter right now. It's playing in the start. But he's got the upside to be like a top power hitter in the league. Same with Pache, at least the least average. And then you mentioned Ozzy. Like Ozzy had was injured last year, but he can come back full on like he was uh, in 2019. So I think our lineup is like a ton of upside, which hopefully can translate to wins. I feel like I was most disappointed in um, Dansby last season, to be honest, especially towards the end. I wasn't feeling the magic. I guess the thing about Dansby, it's just like again, it's like Timothy Pache. If if you've got an average hitting shortstop that can play good defense but you're not you really can't ask much else like if he's hitting seven and average hitter with good defense that's that's pretty much all you can ask for well i think it's important to note that no matter who you're going to put in the lineup you already are going to have an extra hole because no dh in the national league right so you have the i wouldn't call that a hole because every team has to deal with it i wouldn't call it a hole i think I mean, yeah, against an AL team around the DH. So. I, well, I think at least in the playoffs when you have teams that, yeah, they have the whole two, but then they can kind of narrow down who they want actually in the lineup versus what we have to deal with. But Jake Lamb, like you look at Jake Lamb signing, that's a guy that can play DH against righties. Like a career 800 OPS uh, against righties can had two third home run seasons in Arizona. If he can figure out that swing like he did in Oakland – like he's a guy that can you can play him at third against righties. You can DH him, and you can maybe be that another upside bat for the team. I think he's the consistency that we're looking for, especially with batting. You see, he, lack of consistency, especially with Dansby. He's often clutch in many situations, but then when the spotlight's not on him, he doesn't perform at all, which I think is a really big problem. All right, let's talk about the Falcons draft. What should we do? Should we drop back? Should we stay where we are? Colby Dose. Oh, Colby's got it, guys. Don't worry. I believe we should trade back. I saw a mock draft. We, the mock draft overall was terrible, but it did say the Falcons should trade back to eight and pick up Najee Harris. Dude, that would be, no joke, one of the worst draft picks of the last 10 years. No, hey, as much as, much as I disagree, as much as I would love to disagree with Judas 50 Dose, I want to see the Falcons drop back. I want to see them pick up Kyle Pitts or Najee Harris or someone. I don't think you I think you can drop back further than 8 and pick up Najee. But like I want Najee. Najee is going to be one of the top players in the league. He is a grown here's, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think cuz he is an athlete. Accentuate accentuate your strengths. I think Pitts I think drafting Pitts is good because he's one of the top receivers in the draft, but I think I think when it comes to quarterback, I think Fontenot and and Smith he did Sit down and say, "Can we win a Super Bowl with Matt Ryan starting at quarterback?" We're not winning Super Bowl this season. I don't want them to win a Super Bowl. I this think. Season. Hold on. The question we should ask. The question we should ask is: Do we all agree that we should drop back? Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would say we drop back or we draft Justin Fields. We can't afford not to draft Justin Fields if we don't drop back. I feel like with the Falcons at four, 
everyone is trying to force them into taking a quarterback at four. But if the Falcons drop back, no one's going to be like, oh, like they should have drafted a quarterback at like 25. Like if you drop back to like 16, 18, 21, those, that range of draft picks, you have the freedom to draft like any position you want. But at four, everyone is pressuring them into taking a quarterback. Because they should. They should take Justin Fields if they're that early. Yes. We, we said that Matt's going to be our quarterback this year, so there's no reason to draft a quarterback so high. There's so many in this draft. I was going to say, I think when it comes to the Falcons, it's like we shouldn't, because like, that might be our only chance to pick top five in a while in a really strong quarterback draft. Like if, if two years from now we get stuck with a draft class, like the Kyler Murray draft class where Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins are the two best quarterbacks that I've the number one overall pick, we're royally screwed in our chance to take quarterback. But if you're if you're at this position, you could take uh, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, who are so such good outside quarterbacks at the top four. You kind of have to take that chance sometimes. And I'm not saying we should necessarily draft the quarterback. I'm just saying like there's like a 50-50 chance I think for me. Yeah, I I think that uh, sure we're pressured to draft a quarterback, and we're we're gonna have to do it soon or. But I think the other thing we could do is, what if we traded for someone? And I think there's, there's, more, there's more important... There, just listen, hear me out. Not this year. I'm not saying this year. I'm not saying this year. I'm saying there's more important holes to fill right now than a quarterback. And if you want to have any sort of run in the playoffs, you need to fill those holes right now. And those holes really are, are an outside defensive lineman. You need a defensive end or a defensive secondary. Or moving back and picking Patrick Sertain. Give me Caleb Farley over Sertain. Really? Um, no, no, okay. But I, I think I agree. I think quarterback isn't the biggest need. I think Matt Ryan still can do it. It's just like mm-hmm. sometimes you have to take the upside. I mean, running back I think is a huge need for the Falcons. Even I don't agree with taking Najee Harris at like number eight. Running back is the most overvalued position in the in any any pro sports ever. Like. If, like running back is like you have no need for it. Like no, you, should, you shouldn't take a, a even a second round pick on a running back because the the amount like the the event the how much they have the team is minuscule. Like you do not need a running back to win games in the NFL. I think that's been yes, proven. But when you have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, you kind of need the run game to open it up for him and give him more time in the pocket. You need a run game, but in the NFL, like. You can have a good run game without a good running back. Or you well, can find the Falcons cheap, good have showed that we can without a good running back. But it's not like it's not like if we get Derrick Henry, it's gonna it's gonna help our run game. Like it's gonna over Derrick Henry's gonna rush for two thousand yards. No, like you, if you can get like a cheap like a Tony Pollard or Ronald Jones, like a cheap one year deal, for like three million dollars a year, your run game's gonna be pretty good if, if the offensive line can hold up. Gurley was. Gurley was just his knee was done. Like he just wasn't like a like. He, I think I think if you're gonna go with that like a cheap running back route, you have to get an insane athlete. Like if you get a really good athlete, and Tagovailoa was not an insane athlete, and our offensive line is crap. So like, you can have a good run game without a good running back, and you can have a good run game without investing capital on like how many times did the Pats draft running back in the first two rounds or draft to sign a running back to a big contract? They never did, 
and they had a good lineman, and they had a good run game. Michelle, yeah, Michelle, that was a bad pick, though. That was, like, a bad, that was later on. But, like, the Chiefs don't, uh, Chiefs, I guess they picked Clyde Edwards, but before that, they don't, they don't, like, they, Clyde Edwards is more of a receiver. They, like, they don't need a good run game. And the NFL is, you don't need a good run game to win in the NFL anyway. It's a passing league now. Like, would you rather have a first-round draft pick on a running back or a first-round draft pick on everyone else, and everyone else is overvalued by the running back? But this is not what we need. We don't need a running back right now. That will not make our team that much better. No, it, it will not. Then just draft an athletic guy in the fourth or fifth That's, round. Yes, Patrick's exactly right. If we want, if you want to get a running back, you need to get him in a later, later round. Yeah, Javante Williams is a good pickup. Like even if you pick a guy in the second round, it's just like a top twenty pick on a even a, like a first round pick on a running back is a bad pick. I'll say that fully that a, a first round pick on a running back is a bad pick. Like look at Fournette at four, terrible pick. Barkley at two. Barkley's been really good, but he's been injured. So there's been they haven't helped the team at all. Bad pick. McCaffrey, great player, but injured. He didn't help his team at all. Bad pick. Like I like C Mac. It's just he's not helping his team win, and they drafted their first round pick and gave him a big contract, but they haven't helped him for one year. But he was the best running back in the league at a point. I agree with Patrick that running back is overvalued because if you look at all the teams that have the like the top ten running backs in the NFL. I'm pretty sure only one of them are maybe two, the Saints and the Titans were the only teams that had that that made the playoffs. I think Tennessee, it's like that was a lot of Tannehill and Smith. Like if you look at Henry's production before, before Tannehill came to town, like once they opened up the passing game, the running game was opened up and then Henry was just so damn athletic that he could run through anybody. So like you need you need a good passing game, you get a running game. Uh, I think I think like fifty like 25% of, of Henry is Tannehill and Smith. Like, Henry's a great athlete, but a lot of it was Tannehill, and a lot of it was Arthur Smith's scheme. Actually, it's I think it's the other way around. I think Tannehill's a little overrated, and because Derrick Henry opened it up so much for him, Tannehill could just bomb it to whoever. Here's the thing: I think I think when it comes to like actually like running the football scheme, like I mean, me, you, and Watt, me, Alvarez, and Watt are linemen. We know what the ball is. You can stop the running game. Like there is a way to stop the running game. You see more people in the box than than they have, but you can like. There's a way to stop the running game, proven, tried and true. No one like, yeah. you can't you can stop it. You can't stop a good passing game. It's unstoppable. If the passing game is perfect, you can, you can't stop it. If the running game is perfect, but if you have if you have a perfect passing attack, this is like a per, this is a, this is a situation. He, the game plan was not perfect though. The game plan was not like he did not have that short passing. But they game. did not have an unstoppable passing offense because they had their O line was a joke. It was a complete joke. Yeah, they're online. All right, all right. We're getting off track. Let's make our predictions for the Falcons next year. Let's start. Let's start with Patrick. My prediction will be what I predicted last year: six to ten wins. The highest we can go is probably a ten win team make the playoffs. Low as we can go is six wins. But I saw that last year, and we should have won four games we lost. But still, I, I think six to ten is probably where we're at. Okay, Colby. Um, I would say the Falcons are going to go nine and seven. That's what I think. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a solid year where he's going to put off the drafting. Of, like, if the Falcons don't draft a quarterback, he's going to have a, solid, like a good enough year where they'll, where they'll put off drafting a quarterback for one to two years after that. All right, Colby Dose. I agree. I, I agree. We'll go 9-7. and seven. Matt Ryan, he, he's going to have another good year. We're going to find a running back, maybe not in the draft, but we'll find a solid Running back, that will open up the pass game for him. And wait, can I can I say something real quick? I, I wasn't saying we're gonna go six and ten. I was saying we're six to ten wins is our range, like the highest of ten and six. So would you say like the average of that would be eight and eight? So you say eight and eight around there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, eight and eight, seven and nine probably. 
I gotta go low. I go, I go high on the Falcons so much. I gotta go low. When if Carolina gets Deshaun and then New Orleans gets like a, keeps Jameis, that's a pretty good division. Yeah. It just depends on when, if New Orleans gets a quarterback and Tampa and uh, uh, Carolina gets a quarterback. Okay, uh, my prediction. I'd say I agree with Al pretty much. No more than seven wins. Probably seven and nine, six and ten. It's gonna be a rough one next year. I think the division will be mostly of a, a Tampa Bay and Saints show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, we know Atlanta. You only get, you get one good team a year. Like that's True. the rule. I mean, unless they the get the shot. I really hope the it's the Braves. All right, let's move on to our next topic: the NCAA basketball tournament. Who's in? Who's out? Georgia Tech and Georgia. What's their update? Georgia is eliminated from the tournament because of yesterday's loss against South Carolina. That was the most horrendous thing I've ever seen. Fire Tom Cream. I I no. It I is time to fire Tech, Tom Crean. I totally agree. After after Tech's win yesterday against Syracuse, I think Tech has a good chance to make the Watch out for the, the heels, tourney. boys. I think Tech is in. Watch out for the heels. We're coming. The heels are We're coming for that that sixteen seed. Go heels, baby. Yeah, yeah. Duke sucks. And, Honestly, and I I hope Tech makes the tournament and like makes it to the Final Four and then loses in the championship. That would <laughs> be right. awesome. All right. So okay. who do we think is gonna win the whole thing? Oh, anyone? I. I I don't FSU. think you can really say right now, because you can't you you can't say Baylor because they got killed yesterday or not killed but they Zaga's lost. got what twenty straight wins of double digits. Like it's hard to bet against Zaga right no, now. No, but honestly, the teams they played against aren't that good, nah. and they haven't even won by a lot. I got the heels. We make it in. We squeak in sixteen seed. Upset everybody. We win. I think, I think Michigan's gonna win it all. I watched their game against Iowa on Thursday, and the, their defense is just insane, and their offense is really good too. I think it's enough to propel them to a championship. Now that Georgia's eliminated, I am one hundred percent on the Alabama bandwagon. Well, hey, we're not. We should count. We should not count out Georgia. They can still win the SEC tournament. Yeah, exactly. And make it. Yeah. And then go and all the way. The, yeah. yeah. Wheeler's gonna lead us all the way. Five foot ten Wheeler. Podcast curse. The oh, podcast gosh. curse. Yeah, duh, while so, y'all were typing up the Google Doc, I saw the Tiger Woods thing. I'm like, oh gosh, why did it go? All right, let yeah, me, let me yeah. begin. Let me start from the beginning. Okay, it was our second podcast. We did a a trivia question of the day, which we of course forgot to answer. Which we for, of course forgot to answer the next podcast. But the trivia question of the day was about Hank Aaron, and literally the next day he dies. The next day he Man. dies. We're planning this podcast. We're, we're typing on a Google Doc about what we should talk about. We type, like, can uh, Tiger make it back in time for the Masters because he's coming off of his back surgery that he had in December, I believe, late November. Is he going to make it back? And so we type that, and within 15 minutes, we've, everyone finds out that he was in the crash. So we're going to do our best to not focus on any one individual 